You're about to experience the fastest two hours in radio history. With Stig Shabiro. And I've added myself. <laughs> the show is off to a great start, I'll tell you that. You cannot tell me that you get to all. Sandra Golden. You created sell one of your children. It's not a big deal. Hey, Rusty Menzel. Everybody's trying to be dads and businessmen. And Drew Butler. And now that she just won the album of the year last night, see if you can parlay that with some Travis Kelsey magic on Sunday. It's the Steakhouse. Brought to you by John Foy and Associates. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Hey, welcome to Tuesday morning. Sandy is here. Thanks so much for spending the next two hours with us. Two hours. Two hours. It's the Steakhouse and the biggest, baddest signal that I've ever been on. And I've been on some bad signals before, I'll tell you that. Um, I've been on some decent ones, but this is is 100,000 watts. This is like... You drove to Panama City. How far to Panama City can you hear? Past this? Columbus. Past Columbus, Columbus, so you're, as you're heading into Phoenix City and all that. So it's such a big stick energy. I told you we need the T-shirts. That's a good call. Big stick mm-hmm. energy. I've proposed How has it. nobody come up with that before? I don't know. About radio stations. Copyright. We have a lawyer in the hashtag, house. Hashtag, hashtag, big stick Somebody energy. Somebody get on that. How's your mom doing? She is doing so awesome. She's listening right now. We had a lovely three days. Took care of some business what stuff and your, doctor stuff. What was and, what? I don't want to hear about that. I want to hear about your best meal. What was the best meal? The best you meal had? is one that I prepared, I will tell you. Yeah, uh, what was it? I made uh, spaghetti sauce from scratch. Nice. And it was delicious. Nice. Yes. Now, if you go nice. out to dinner, do you ever go to dinner when you're there or not? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Early, right? 5 o'clock, 5.30, something like that? Don't get crazy. 6.15. Okay. 6.15. Yeah. We went to, uh, yeah, I had some little Mexican dinner with some friends. What's the best seafood place in Panama City? The best seafood. Local. uh, I would say Schooners. Schooners, that's right. Cap Manderson's is good. You're going to overpay. It's not as good. Yeah. If you go to Cabin Anderson's, you better be ready to pay a little more. I feel like you're mocking. No. I I, feel like you went into Steaky with a Southern accent with the Captain Anderson's. Captain Anderson's. A little bit. No, what I think is that I love, like, uh, coastal towns and their local little seafood places. You need to find the hole in the Schooners, Captain Anderson's, Mm -hmm. like any of I don't know why you're saying it like that. Barnacle Billy's. mm. We're going down to Barnacle Billy's. Barnacle Bills in Tallahassee is, I don't even know if it's I didn't still even there. know that was one. That is, Barnacle Bills, such a good spot. The schooner, mm. the windjammer. No, they have the same on Cape Cod. Cape Cod, we're going down to windjammer. Grab some uh, yeah. fried clams. Yeah, exactly. You know, go to the clam shack. Ugh. We're going to the clam hut. Yes. Jay, that's a tuna or something. Yeah. Jay, look at it. Come on. <laughs> yeah, that's where we're going. Right down there on the water. You know, if you want to get fresh seafood, that. you get right down there on the water. So that's true. a flounder, man. Oh, so good. Yes. So yeah. uh, how was your weekend? How's everything here? Holding the every- phone. You and Rusty sounded so good. Rusty on a Monday. I know. Rust, Rusty was really good yeah. yesterday. He had great perspective. It was good. I talked a little on the air. Obviously, you know, a lot of concerned Georgia parents about their kids getting back to school, which happened yesterday, mm-hmm. right? And kudos to everybody in Athens that, you know, did what they needed to do to bring that monster to um to justice eventually so it was it was a my daughter grabbed a bunch of friends from out of town which i think most of georgia did if you lived out of town it was really incumbent upon any of the families in georgia to say hey you need to leave campus so a lot of folks around atlanta sophie ended up going near clayton uh i guess somebody had a lake uh lake house near there lake burton or like raven whatever so it was a huge relief on saturday when that gentleman was apprehended Did you see how many kids showed up for that the uh, vigil, vigil yesterday at yeah. the Tate Center. It was Center. the second lead story on Good Morning America this morning. Really? They went to Athens and did how a wide shot. How many did they say? They didn't guess, but they showed da- a wide shot. It was. I'm hoping my daughter was there for the two 
The two. Uh, the president the two of kids. her sorority spoke, and I she was so. That. What just? I don't know how she got through it, but incredible. So, so it's that just was. Sad. That was a terrible. It was yeah. one of the worst two. It's the worst twenty-four hours that that school has had. So it was a relief to be able to think about your your kid going back to school. Spent a lot of time. I was running around in in godforsaken uh, Georgia at these uh, soccer tournaments. And then uh, watch some high school basketball. So, whatever. It was a nice weekend. Good. Nothing too crazy. Very nice. Yes. Spring break is coming up. I'll be out of town for two days. Where are you going? I'm headed to Manhattan. I'll be in Madison Square Garden Tuesday night to watch the Atlanta Hawks and the New York Knickerbockers. I'm taking Bobby nice. up to see the Hawks and Knicks so next Good. week for spring Very break. Nice. So, we've got a couple of days of that. Um, and then we got a lot going on here Today, yeah, I'm excited. our leader segment continues. Lauren Kuntz, who is the CEO, president of the YMCA Georgia. It's a huge job. I'm just going to say this before we get our turn nine at nine. Because I was thinking about this last night. And it was irritating me more and more. Because I know Lauren. She's a good friend. The YMCA is incredible. A ton of our listeners, I'm sure, will comment on what the impact the Y had growing up. Mm-hmm. The exact opposite was that ridiculousness with Cam Newton and those Two guys that Rusty told us about, the brothers. That whole scene is such an embarrassment. To Tell everybody what happened. Seven on seven. Yeah, the seven on seven. Cam gets beat Cam the night before. Cam is a coach before. of one. The other right, that used to work with Cam, they have another team Listen, now. Cam has, has had this seven on seven team. I've heard about him. I heard about him getting thrown out of a, of, like, he's been thrown out of these tournaments for shooting, running his mouth. Like, you're a, you know, you're a multi-millionaire NFL athlete. You think you can keep it under control? And I'm sorry. I know enough folks have come into run into Cam Newton. He's not always the nicest guy. But the fact that you are throwing haymakers, the fact that you are in the middle of a brawl in front of kids and parents and everybody, it's such an embarrassment. Yeah. They should be so ashamed of themselves that that happened. And the opposite of that, is Lauren Kuntz. These kids that they take care of, they're not seven-on-seven seven elite going to Division One colleges. You know, they're not going to, 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 to South Carolina or, or, you know, Nebraska to play football. These are just kids that are trying to, you know, have somewhere that they can go after school and learn ideals, right? Think about the volunteer coaches at the YMCA, right? Yeah, and think you're about, safe. Right. You're but safer. think about the volunteer mm-hmm. coaches. Yeah. And then think of the video of these guys brawling at a seven-on-seven with your kids watching you. That's what you taught them. The smack talk, the social media nonsense, the -the over-the-top bravado, the toxic masculinity that was going on. What a disgrace all of those folks are. I was fascinated by the fact that Cam Newton... Kept that hat on the entire time. I know. It was impressive. Now, I don't know where he got that Wicked Witch of the West hat. He did. It was Dude, impressive. That's it probably now. cost more than I make at the restaurant. At this at the place. Rest- yeah. At the restaurant. <laughs> Are you working on the side of the restaurant? I might be. Listen, when is he going to talk? That next hat. Time? He took 17 shots to the head, and that hat did not move. Yeah. Well, anyway. I, listen, I've, I've heard impressive. this about Cam in the past. But it's everybody involved there. So we have the opposite of that later on. So she's coming in from 10 to 11. I'm 10 to super 11 excited. Leaders set. We have yes. a lot of stuff going on. All right, here's our 9 at 9. Time to build the foundation of today's show with the top 9 at 9. 9. 9. 
on the Steakhouse. Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Your Atlanta Braves are heading down the road to Bradenton this morning as spring training fun continues. Braves Pirates 105, Chris Sale. Megan is debut at spring training. A couple of innings we'll get to see from Mr. Sale. Yeah, I mean, two innings would be more than enough, right? Um, well, they're going to now. Max Fried, you went two yesterday, scoreless walk, a couple strikes. So they're doing, warming them up, getting them ready, stretching them out. They're literally stretching them out, to use the baseball term. Mm-hmm. And you'll see that funky three-quarter delivery, Chris Sale. I'll tell you this, only <laughs> – only guys that are major leaguers want to pick up a bat and walk in the box when Chris Sale is throwing 97 and just exploding on top of you. He is about as intimidating a figure as there is. You'll see that tale. You won't see it today. It's not on TV, right? That's right. Okay. I'm anxious. You'll hear about it. You'll hear about it. That's right. Hawks have the Jazz tonight. Uh, Quinn Snyder welcoming in his old team, 730. How'd you guys let Trey, like, broke his finger off while I was gone? My goodness, what a bummer. Interesting article from Mark Bradley today in the AJC. What if the Hawks are better without him? Well, it's not about being better. They're not going to be necessarily a better team. But what if getting rid of Trey Young is the, is the move right now? Yeah. As you're in this purgatory Bottom, you know, you're, I mean, you're 10th. This we talked about in, it two weeks ago. It's time to go. Trey's going to go. Well, I don't know that it's Trey that has to go. I think you got to be careful because he's a future Trey Hall of Famer. Trey may want to go is my point. Like I said yeah, two weeks ago, Trey might. might want to go. Trey may want to go, and you may have to figure out, or you, you've you got to figure out what the future of the franchise is. Right. And the future of the franchise is not getting in the play-in games at 8, 9, and 10, or 7. The future has to be either we're going to go to the bottom and then figure our way back up. We got we have no draft picks. We got one. We got number one this year, and then we got no number ones because of that trade for Dejounte. So. Right. Uh, Del McGee introduced yesterday as Georgia State's new head football coach. Impressive. You'll hear a lot from him, and you'll like what Kirby had to say. And Steve Weish on Dukes and Bell was outstanding, talking about the Falcons and what they should do. Yeah, I guess that's uh, a lot of what we're going to be covering when we come back, actually. As the Combine gets going today, they're doing a medical, nothing exciting. The fun starts Thursday in the uh, Underwear Olympics. If this is the best quarterback class in over a decade coming out in uh, college football, um, are we okay to sit back and let it play out right in front of us, or do we need to be trading up to the top of the draft? We asked Steve Weich the question. you got to hear what he said. Is Russell Wilson possibly headed to Atlanta? We'll come back and do that on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. The Steakhouse. Yeah, let's go. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Where we're moving on. Nine twenty-three, nine o'clock hour. Brought to you by Advanced Hair Restoration. One day treatment, life-changing results. AdvancedHair.com. Uh, coming up in three minutes, are the Falcons headed up the draft into the more likely two or three spot where the Redskins and Patriots reside, or is this incredibly deep quarterback draft going to play out where Atlanta has numerous options, either at the eight pick? Second round, or with the free agents out there. Steve Weiss from NFL Network, great friend of the show. He was on Dukes and Bell. We'll hear from him coming up in a little bit. The Hawks and Jazz tonight, 
as uh, they are dealing with a Trey Young that possibly will not even return this year. Remember, they said he's having the surgery on the yeah. ligament, and then they will evaluate, right? They're going to evaluate after four weeks, right? Mm-hmm. So um, it will be somewhat fascinating to see what the plan will be, not really over the next month. I mean, listen, we know uh, I mean, you're, you're incredibly shorthanded with no Trey Young and Okongu, um, and I don't think you're going to win a ton of games, but – they're in uh, kind of NBA purgatory. Yeah, which not is, kind of. Yeah, I mean, you're since since Dejounte has been here, I think you're ten, twelve games under five hundred over these years. Um, since uh, Quinn Snyder's been here, you're eight games under five hundred. You're at the ten hole. Raptors and Bulls trying to take the ten spot. I mean, you know, I think there's a lot to be said that you know, can we find our way into the draft lottery and get lucky? Um, but again, that's you know the, the, that's a wing and a prayer. I mean, they're in a very funky, unfortunate place because they got all these number ones the next few years that are going to San Antonio. So now you've got to make decisions on Dejounte, on Trey, on personnel, on on what it is you want to move forward. Boogie Cousins doing a uh, podcast with Rachel Nichols. They talked about Trey Young, who is suddenly becoming a major conversation around NBA circles. I hope this is the last time we see him in a Hawks uniform. I feel like his talent is being wasted. His prime is being wasted. Get healthy, get yourself 100% correct, whether that's in Atlanta or, you know, fingers crossed, the San Antonio Spurs. It's so perfect, right? It's a match made in heaven. It just makes sense. This Hawks team just isn't doing anything for this talent. I take it personal because I was in that situation once. Hopefully this offseason, this is a season where he puts his foot down, uses his power, and moves to a situation that's going to be healthy for him. Puts his foot down, uses his power, plays the NBA card that superstars play to say, you need to move me. Yeah. Dame Lillard did it. LeBron has done it. Lots of guys have done it. Make their decisions. I'm going to move on. Um, you realize that it's not uh, – the situation is not tenable. Is that right? And uh, you, you, you have to make a move. I don't know how Tra- what Trey's thinking. I know that Trey and his dad love Quinn Snyder. I know Trey's saying the right things. But this is going to be about – this franchise is 60 years old in Atlanta, just about 50-something years in Atlanta. I, I'm not worried about Trey Young's feelings, DeJounte's feelings, Quinn Snyder's, you know, intent. I'm worried about the fans here that need to have some hope. When and- they brought Quinn Snyder, Snyder in here early last year and is going to solve all the problems and we're going to have DeJounte and Trey, it's going to be better. You're anything but better. You're worse. You're arguably way worse. Yeah. And it's not working, which is what we were talking about two weeks ago. If you're in Trey's camp, the advice to – if Trey was my kid, I'd say, yeah, just kind of maybe you need a new start, uh, fresh look I, on it. And, 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 yeah. I think, Sandra, you're right that if they play well enough, they even play 500 basketball. Remember, there's seven games under with him and DeJounte, Right. If they even play at 500 clip, I think management's going to say, better for Trey, better for us, time to move on. 25 games to play regular season. You're now in the 10 spot. You will not make it out. They went on to say, Rachel and Boogie went on to say, they're not even going to make it anyway. No, they're not. Like they're, they, I mean, I know last year you went to Miami and you stole a game and then you ended up in a series, right? But uh, it's it's, dis- yeah, this is just, it's Sorry. a very tough, play. it's a tough world to be living in where the Atlanta Hawks are right now. So 
Hello, Sadiq Bey. Hello, uh, you know, Bogey and DeJounte. But I don't know how many games you can win with a weak bench that now is that much weaker because Bogey's got to start and you got no Trey. I don't know. I'll, I'm going tonight. I will have a full report. Good. Right? I'll, I'll have a full report on the game, but also like, you know. Where'd you eat? Yeah, yeah. With me, me Where is your go-to eating when you go down to? Downtown? No, State Farm. You're in State Farm wandering around. I don't, I don't. I don't have. That a, was a moment of food. silence, ladies. I have make, stumped. Well, D Garvin. I have stumped a steak. You know who D Garvin <laughs> is? He's a Food Network chef. He handles the food down there. Uh-huh. I don't know. They get typical stadium fare. It's fine. You know. Oh, I'm not. Boy. Well, no, no. It's fine. Oh. I, I, I like the battery setup when you eat before the game. You go around those yeah. restaurants and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So, a better question should have been, where do you eat downtown when you go to a game? But we don't have time to we get don't. into we that. We're gonna talk about Steve Weish. Yeah, we gotta talk about Steve Weish. Listen, this is just a uh, – it's, it's, it's why the NFL owns the offseason as well, right? Yep. Because the future of the franchise over the next few years is when you're going to find a quarterback. It doesn't mean it's right now. And ask some of these teams that thought they'd found theirs and have had to move on within a year or two or three, right? Um, Giants are trying to figure out their future. Giant, uh, Jets, they took top quarterbacks in the top five, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then they're like, mm-hmm. no – we need Aaron Rodgers. This guy's not going to work. And, you know, the the Redskins, sorry, the Commanders, sound like they may be ready to move on from what? Sam uh, Howell, right? Uh, As or, they should, uh, yes. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't know. They're not giving him much of a shot. But my point is, just because we find a quarterback that's not Desmond Ritter doesn't mean we've found our next quarterback. However, the question is, with a quarterback draft this deep, do you sit tight, go get, you know, a pass rusher at eight, maybe the second round you talk about the Bo Nixes and Michael Penix of the world, which could happen, right? Or J.J. McCarthy. I don't think many of those, you know, I don't know that they're getting out of the first round, those guys, right? And, and it's just, it's going to be fascinating to see, or do you, you know, hit your wagon to Russell Wilson, which is one of the conversations. So here's Steve Weish talking about the draft, what the Falcons may need to do yesterday on Dukes and Bell. I was told even before we had Terry on the show that they were going to be aggressive going to get their quarterback. So to me, the aggression is moving up in the draft to get a guy they like. Now, are you going to be able to get one of the top three teams to come off the pick? Because they all need quarterbacks. So what does that mean? It probably means getting up to four where Arizona is just so nobody can leapfrog you if they decide to do that. I don't think someone like Justin Fields or Kirk Cousins is the first option. I don't know. I don't have any science that Mm -hmm. Terry Fontenot sure didn't make me feel like that was the case. I think all things are on the table, though. I think they understand they've got a roster that is playoff worthy. They just got to upgrade a quarterback. Again, my first inclination is that they're going to go out and try to get a young guy. But if that doesn't work, then maybe they make a move for a veteran if one's available. All right, so I, I, I don't need to hear the whole thing. I, I, I get it. Okay, so your thought? On- okay, not my thought. I'm reading P- Peter King, who, by the way, announces yesterday one of the greatest journalists of all time. Journalist of all time. Yeah. Uh, that he, with Sports Illustrated, thinks that. The winds of change are now shifting with Chicago keeping Justin Fields, okay? Keeping Justin Fields. Trading the number one pick to the commanders who have the second pick, which would mean the commanders now take Caleb, Caleb Williams, yeah. okay? And then Chicago Bears trade the two pick to the eight spot with our Atlanta Falcons. 
So the Falcons would then get uh, the Bears, excuse me, get the eighth pick, Atlanta's second round pick, and then the first and round, first and second of next year. So you get all that? Yeah, you like that? Does that entice you? So that would mean Jaden Daniels or Drake May. Yeah, I mean it, that that's the kind of bold move if you believe in Jaden Daniels, you are going to have to make. Chicago ends up with the 8th pick in the draft. Chicago gets another first rounder next year. Chicago gets a second rounder this year. Chicago gets a second rounder next year. They continue to build around Justin Fields and we are taking a roll of the dice on Jaden Daniels or Drake May. Okay, I mean that that makes sense, but you can't yep. you can't miss at the quarterback. I agree. I don't think that they look at Justin Fields as a guy they want to be spending hundreds of millions of dollars over the next five years. I don't think that my gut is that Raheem and Terry Fontenot, that's the quarterback they're looking for. They want a drop-back passer that can that is not relying on his legs quite as much. Most of the success to Justin Fields is his athleticism. So, yeah, I mean, or, or – I mean, it's just a lot to give up. You still haven't solved a pass rush, but it doesn't matter. If you don't solve quarterback, it doesn't matter. You have, you have to get it right. You yeah. have to get the quarterback right. So here's right. the question on Russell Wilson, who's talking about playing for a minimum, trying to win a title. You look at the roster, it is a young roster, right? Mm-hmm. And seven or eight years ago, you say, okay, Russ is a leader of that roster. Well, he had a young roster in Denver for the most part. A lot of those guys weren't buying in. So this is where Terry Fontenot and Raheem Morris and Zach Robinson and everyone there, they've got to really have a pulse on the character of their locker room. Like, is Russ perfect? Like, they don't need him to lead because they've got guys there who can do that. Jesse Bates, maybe. I, I don't know. But... You know, again, that's where you just have to say which is the perfect guy to come in here who can't, who can not only just play, but who can also get us over the hump. Because you just want to get to the playoffs, or you want to contend with upcoming teams like Detroit, Green Bay, San Francisco's not going anywhere. So that's what you also have to factor, you know, into all of this as well. Listen, I don't know. Russell Wilson's not the leader of this team. He's not coming to Atlanta to be the leader. That's Grady Jarrett or Jesse Bates. Or you know, some at some point maybe Bijan down mm-hmm. the line. So I don't I don't know that that, that it may be a stopgap, Sandra. I it don't definitely know. is a stopgap. Right. So like, how much do you love Jaden Daniels? How much do you love Drake May? I I don't believe. I would say to the Jets, how much did you love Zach Wilson? I would say you know we talked about meaning what. It didn't work. Two thirds of the 2021 quarterback class didn't work out of the top three. It's just a huge risk. You better be one. You're no way going to be 100. percent I I don't see them passing. But Terry Fontenot is going to hang his hat on. I'm getting Drake Mayer, Jane Daniels. That will be his legacy. I I think you're right that he wants that. Yep. I think Caleb Williams is going at one. I don't agree with whatever report that was. Whatever report says Peter King. That that's pretty reliable. I mean, to go one, no, he's going one to the commanders. Nobody knows anything. Nobody. I mean, like that's fine. Caleb Williams is going number one in my eyes. Some of them think he's the best quarterback prospect in a decade. Better than Trevor Lawrence, by the way. More more tools uh, in terms of coming out of the draft. So we'll see. It's going to be fascinating to watch. And by the way, our guest yesterday from Chicago said he thinks it's happening in the next four or five days. Yeah. The Justin Fields decision. He was fantastic, by the way. And him talking about how good Justin Fields, he's a five-tool player, but the biggest one tool, tool he doesn't have <laughs> is growing. that he's not an accurate pass. Yeah. So that's kind of a big deal. Yeah, that's like saying she's the she's the greatest woman in the world. She has everything, but she's a raging alcoholic that likes to cheat on me. 
Other than that, I love she her. She is perfect. She does everything right. She's a great chef, makes a great grilled cheese. When we come back, uh, you'll be surprised to hear what Kirby Smart told Del McGee on his way out of Athens, headed to the ATL. We'll play that. The tailgate coming up. Also, belly up. Got some fun stuff. And Wendy's. Be careful when you're in the Wendy's drive-thru. You may be getting some bad news coming up soon. It's Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. The show just hits different. It's the Steakhouse. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Nine forty-four Sports Radio nine two nine. The game nine o'clock hours brought to you by Advanced Hair Restoration. One day treatment, life changing results. Stake and Sandra, thanks so much for being with us. Um, Lauren Kuntz, she's the president and CEO of the YMCA of Georgia. It's a huge job, unbelievable organization. She's part of our leaders segment. Uh, we've had a lot of great folks come through here from uh, Ed Bastian of Delta Airlines, Governor Brian Kemp, Mayor Dickens. By the way, it is time to get the mayor and the governor in here. Some, you're near football season. They love to come in and talk football. Yeah, they do. They so they'll get talk us, sports. They'll get more uh, appearances as well. We've had a lot of top CEOs in town. She's awesome. She'll come in here and talk about uh, everything that goes on there and how she she is a high-powered female CEO is what she is. And a mom. And has been through a lot with COVID and everything else, trying to run that organization. She has great stories. Impressive. Mm-hmm. She's going to be cool to hang out with. Good. I'm excited. We're going to hang out. How do you meet? How did you meet her? So I met her down at the Hawks game, congratulating her about. The, oh, she's got the patch mm-hmm. for the Hawks. That's a huge deal. Massive. Mm-hmm. So uh, I met her down there. She met my daughter Sophie and didn't just give her pablum and said, "You should call me sometime if you want to talk about leadership." I love to mentor young women. Next thing you know, my daughter was in touch with her, and they were talking about how to, you know, be a business professional and grow into your career and all these different things. So, uh, so that's how I got friendly with her. And then I had her come speak at our um, Atlanta Eats Bread and Butter corporate getaway, and she was awesome. She had people crying. She had people crying well, in like the room. For why? Just like her stories about what they did, the why during COVID, and wow. what it's like to what what that place means. We have so many people listening to probably the why. Um, has saved, you know, saved them growing up. And, and you know, um, why is it a huge deal? You got a uh, Y near you? Always had a Y growing up. Yeah. yeah. We would go use the pool as a family. Yes, that's yeah. a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I got schooled by, I, I played a lot of hoop at the Y over the years, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Just, I'm just saying, play I a know, ball. you're a baller. baller. You know, so that's like, what ballers do. I, I, go, <laughs> uh-huh. I know. <laughs> just go out and kick it around a little bit, you know. We had the big rivalry, the JCC versus the Y. Oh, you know my what goodness. I mean? That's what be hooping. Yeah, just Christians versus the Jews. It was real. Mm-hmm. That struggle was yeah, real. Yeah, that struggle I, is real. <laughs> Still to this day. It's time to tailgate. No, Baby tailgate. Taking a look around the world of college sports. This is the tailgate on the Steakhouse. Brought to you by all four seasons garage and entry doors. Big enough to serve, small enough to care. Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Looks like Georgia State got their guy, Del McGee. How impressive. I've never met him, but, you know, perception is reality. When you talk to anybody and everybody that's met or worked beside or played with Del McGee, they only have such high regards for that man. He was introduced yesterday, press conference, and, of course, what did Kirby think? What was Kirby's reaction to you taking the job? 
All right, first off, uh, Coach Smart was in Hawaii this week, so <laughs> I was uh, in charge of uh, our team uh, back in Athens, and we had six o'clock workouts too, so it was, uh, this week has been very, very, very tough, but Coach Smart really supported the decision. Uh, he, uh, we had deep conversations. It, it wasn't necessarily about finances. He, uh, he was very encouraging, and he knew that I wanted to be a head coach, and he felt like this was a great opportunity for me to seize, and he thought that this was a really, really good fit. It is a great fit. When you look at his resume stake, the amount of high schools that he's coached in, he's from Columbus. He knows everybody was an analyst at Auburn, and then Georgia Southern, he was the running backs coach for a while, and then to Georgia. You could not have mapped out a perfect plan to be a head coach at a Georgia He's State. got those contacts all over the state. Yeah. He's well-known in the high school ranks. Obviously, he knows what it's like to be at the absolute elite, which is the University of Georgia national titles. Um, and I don't think Kirby would have said this is a good job if he didn't believe it was. Uh -huh. You know, Del Me McGee too. was going to yeah. have more options, you know. Um, and, and, and just so you know, like when Kirby leaves town – he leaves he was Del in charge. McGee. I know, which Del is, McGee is I think right his point guy. was that's not what you want to hear when you're in Hawaii, that the sure. guy's running your program is about exactly. to take another job. Yeah. But but to be that supportive, he did it the right way in Georgia State. Listen, uh, when you're a non uh, when you're a group of five and a non power five, it's hard, man. And it's hard with NIL and the portal and everything else. And uh I, I think he's got the right mindset to keep moving Georgia State, who had his had a great run of bowl games and everything else. Um with uh buddy who just left to go to South Carolina. Who's a, who's a head? Sean Elliott. So, Sean El oh, so he yes, did a great yes. job. Oh, I'm sorry. So uh, yeah. Sean Elliott did a great job. Del McGee can uh, piggyback off of that. Yeah, to live in downtown Atlanta and play football there, good for him. I want to just mention the Combine's getting underway today, sort of. You're not going to see a ton on TV. They have the interviews, the medicals, uh, on-field workouts. I'm concerned about Rusty and him not leaving his TV to watch on-field workouts. No, 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 I mean, no. You listen to what Rusty said. He's going to watch live, and 8 to 11, oh, and then later that night he will watch the replay. And I was like, bro, like, I'm watching The Sopranos again for the second time, but, like, you know, I didn't just watch it earlier in the day, and that's a drama. Funny. You're watching the same offensive lineman from East Carolina try to bench, uh, whatever, it's 225, Whatever that number it's, is. It's on. <laughs> what are you watching the second time at at twelve forty seven a.m.? Did you really catch I, something? I was texting with Rusty last night around I'm nine thirty. I'm worried for him. And he sends me. I said I'm very worried about you and your. Com I'm sorry to interrupt your combine. He sent me a screenshot. He was rewatching Georgia Kentucky. So <laughs> again, he is Brandy. Hysterical. Jesus, take the wheel. I'm Good watching Mister and Mrs. Smith with uh, Donald Glover. Yeah, how uh, is that? Really, it's it's cool. It's dark. He's watching Georgia, Kentucky. Yeah. We got to get to Belly. That's up. it. We're All done. right. Yep. We're, We're, ready to switch, uh, yeah. Yeah. We're ready to switch gears here for a second. Let's go. Belly up here. And, uh, What's everyone talking about? Yo, yo, what's the deal? We've got you covered. As we belly up. On the Steakhouse. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Imagine you're standing in line at Wendy's. And there's two or three people in front of you. It's, say, 1210 this afternoon. Yep. And you're set. I'm going to get a double cheese. I'm ready to go. And all Fries, of a sudden, drink, yep. you're looking up. And that, that burger meal, which was just 759 for everything, 
You watch the digital menu, and it now flips over, and it says eleven sixty-seven is now your price. Wendy's is about to be the first fast food restaurant that is incorporating surge pricing a la Uber. Yeah, busier time of day, you're going to pay more. Uh, quieter time of day, you're going to pay less. They're already the most expensive fast food, but but I mean... How is this? They're investing $20 million to do all digital menus, even at the drive-in. So as you're sitting at the drive-in and you're the next car to pull up and the prices start to change. Yeah. I mean, listen, I don't know how much more expensive it's going to be at lunchtime than it already is. It's pretty expensive. It may go up a little bit. I think what I believe in reading the articles, what they're also trying to do, Sandra, is it's the equivalent of the uh, playing the Brooklyn Nets on a Tuesday night. You're going to get a cheaper ticket on a Tuesday at State Farm. I think also if you come to Wendy's at 2.47 p.m., you're not going to pay. Listen, it's expensive. Fast food. Now, there's a whole reality. We, we read about it. It's, oh ex- it's as expensive to drive through a fast food. What would you tell me the uh, McDonald's McDonald's, is? the Big Mac meal is $18 at some restaurants now. The fries, drink, I don't know if it's a double Big Mac, oh 17 my. 18 bucks. Listen, I love Chick-fil-A, worth every penny, but I'm going to tell you, I feed my kids and their friends. You could go, you know, to an Applebee's or, or Chili's and pay the same, man. And I'll, I'll argue the food's better at Chick-fil-A. I'm going to predict this will be a massive, massive fail. The way it's getting spun is absolutely. They're going to have to explain it's going to mean you can pay less at times than the highest price. I know you price. have a lunch hour at noon to one, but could you come at three or item yes. would be cheaper? Well, right. good luck with that, well, ladies people and gentlemen. Eat hey, hours. Where's the meat? Exactly, exactly. Hey, finished. Uh, I heard you talking yesterday about the dynasty. I've watched all four episodes, yes. and I figured out why I hate the Patriots so yes. much. There's well, a lot of reasons. The Patriots are the evil. That Bill Belichick and his role, and whether it's a role or he's not acting, right? Like, Well, there's no question the villain oh, is Bill Belichick. And he cheated in Spygate. There's no question about it. And Ernie Adams said so much. Um, yeah, they were. Uh, that was fascinating two episodes, especially when Belichick gets busted for Spygate. They decide they're going to score 50 points every week with Randy Moss, and then they lose the Super Bowl. So if you don't like the Patriots, you really enjoyed episode four. Yeah, you certainly did. But it, they're just not a likable bunch, none of them. And I well, know you're close to why it. Why do you say I just, none of them? It just, I mean, Bill Belichick's not likable, but Teddy Bruschi's not Teddy likable. Teddy Bruschi's awesome. Yeah. yeah I mean, that guy is. And, but and, they're all in. I mean, they definitely were all. I've, I've never been a bigger Giants fan than seeing that replay. So, I, anyway, it's so well done. I couldn't agree with Steak more. It's well, really just really in, in terms of filmmaking and storytelling, oh, it's so right? Good. And I'll watch any team. I don't care if I like them or hate them. If you, if you have filmmaking at that level, Data, you saw some of it last night. Yeah, I night, got a right? chance to watch an episode and a half. Uh-huh. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it, it's great the way they put it together. Um, and to your point about, like, all that footage. All that the footage, access, like the, yeah, like. interviewing eighty-one people and the and the and the the people you enter the security guy at Giant Stadium that busted uh, Belichick yes. filming. Yep. They found that guy that uh, that sergeant of the New York Police Department. Um, they get access. possession of nine tenths of the law. I said, <laughs> I'm taking, <laughs> I'm taking that, and I'm, I'm holding on to those tapes. Not- and Roger Goodell uh, destroying all the tapes after Spygate. Anyway, a lot to it as well. Anything yeah. else we missed? Oh, we got to play this real quick on the way to break. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the last, Knicks last night. Yeah, Detroit's a terrible team. They go to Madison Square. Knicks are struggling. They got a bunch of injuries. And Monty Williams knows with eight seconds left, they they got the game in hand. A guy uh, rushes. I don't know who that was, uh, Day-Day. 
that the uh, guy on the Pistons gets taken out at the knees. Yeah, I, I can't remember the guy's name. Jalen Brunson and one of his teammates were going after the ball as well. And Pistons yeah. in possession. They get taken out at the knees. They Horrible non-call. Referees admitted they missed the call. Here's Monty Williams' press conference right after the game. The absolute worst call of the season. No call. And enough's enough. We've, we've done it the right way. <clears throat> we've called the league. We've sent in clips. We're sick of hearing the same stuff over and over again. We had a chance to win the game, <clears throat> and the guy dove into Asar's legs, and there was a no call. That, that's an abomination. Oh, my God. You cannot miss that in an NBA game, period. Yeah, and then he and he uh, takes no questions. No, he's like, "Where's the New York media now? Right. Where's the New?" Like he, he that was, was awesome. He has to stick up for his team. He'll yeah, take the fifty thousand dollars fine. They go to that referee report after the game. They said they missed the call. That that and seventy cents will get you a coffee, or that and fourteen dollars will get you a double at Wendy's. Like you know, <laughs> right. like what what am I going to do with that? Right. Uh, when we come back, leaders, ten o'clock hour, Lauren Coots from the YMCA Sports Radio nine two nine. The game. That that's an abomination. <clears throat> 